1: cried our hearts. Lord, thank you so much for your word this morning. Lord, we're like a, a garden here and you're the gardener and we need you to come and till the soil of our hearts and make it ready for the seed of your word. Now we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Genesis 29 verse 30. And he went in also unto Rachel and he loved also Rachel more than Leah and served with him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. thou therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me. Because I bore him three sons, therefore was his name called Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, "Now will I praise the Lord." Therefore she called his name Judah, and left bearing. Now we've been studying the, the life of Leah, and it's been a wonderful study. We've been learning about Leah. We've really been learning about the heart of Leah. She's becoming for us a very real person. And we're learning so much about her in this chapter that we're going to be ready to meet her when we get to heaven. We're going to say, I know you. <laughs> and tell her that we know all about her because we went through this chapter. And we lived with her affliction. And we walked with her in her response. And our heart was with her, joined to her. We were the Levi, joined to her heart as we've been studying this. But more than just learning about Leah, in studying the life of Leah, we have been answering the most important question, which is who is God? Who is God? What is God really like? What kind of a person is God? And it, it was in our last study that we especially saw who God is in verse 31. Because in verse 31, we read these words, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. See, this is the verse in this part here, this chapter, that answers the most important question of who God is. Because in this verse, we learn three points about God. First, God saw that Leah was hated. When it says that the Lord saw that Leah was hated, that meant that when the Lord looked into the house or the home of Jacob, the husband of his house, that what he saw was that Jacob, the husband of his house, hated his wife. And the word husband has a particular meaning for us when we consider the English word husband and where that word is derived from, what that means. In other words, the meaning of the word husband puts a responsibility On the man of the house, because husband from the English as hus is house and band is band. So it means the husband is the person who is responsible to hold or band his house together. The husband holds his house together with love. And it's the responsibility of the husband to band his house together with love. And he holds her, he bands his house together with love. And that's why the command comes from God to the husband in Ephesians 5.25, husbands, bander of your house. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And in Colossians 3.19, husband, bander of your house, holder together of your house. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. See, when a husband loves his wife, he's banding or he's holding together his house. He's being a husband, a husband. And when children see their father loving their mother, they're encouraged to do their part in banding or holding that little community called the home together, called the family together, because they see their father or the house bander or the house band, the husband, banding the house together together. God says, husbands, love your wives. The devil says, husbands, hate your wives. And here, when the Lord looked at Jacob as the husband, as the person responsible for banding his house together with love, God saw that Jacob hated his wife. And instead of banding or holding his house together with love as the responsible husband or the house bander, Jacob was breaking apart his home with hatred And God saw the mess that Jacob had made in his home and in his life by hating his wife. And God sees the mess that we've made in our homes, and our lives. And that's the first point we learn about God from verse 31. God sees. God saw the mess in Jacob's home. And why? Why did God see? God saw the mess in Jacob's home because God cares. He cares. God sees the mess in our lives because he cares. That's the second point we learn about God in verse 31. God cares. God sees. God cares. And from verse 31, we see that when God saw that Jacob hated his wife because he, God cared about Jacob, then God worked. And he worked by opening Leah's womb and not opening Rachel's womb. And that's the third point we learn about God from verse 31. God works. So we see here these three important points about who God is. He sees, God sees, God cares, God works. And we see the purpose for God opening Leah's womb. And Leah saw the purpose also in verse 32 when she said, where it's written in verse 32, and Leah conceived and bare a son and she called his name Reuben. For she said, surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Now, therefore, the bander of our home will do his responsibility with love and love me, see? So Leah, she stated perfectly God's purpose for opening her womb. And she said that, now, therefore, my husband will love me. See, Leah saw what God was doing when he opened her womb. She saw that God's purpose was for my husband will love me. Leah was not a bitter person, like rachel was if this has happened to rachel you know what rachel would have said i'll tell you what rachel would have said she would have said she would have said now therefore my sister will be judged by god (laughs) that's what she said said and leah you know she might have said that now therefore i'll show you my sister you're going to be judged by god now that wasn't where leah was going leah said nothing about her enemy rachel Leah only spoke about what she wanted and what she knew that God wanted, which was for her husband to love her. And that's God's purpose for every husband, which is for every husband to love their wives. And when we look at what Leah said at the end of verse 32, now therefore will my husband love me, and we think of the root meaning, as I said, of husband, we can hear Leah say, now therefore my housebander will hold our house together with love by loving me. We read Leah's words, now therefore my husband will love me. We feel we crying out today. This is such a problem today. Oh, if husbands who do not love their wives could only see the far-reaching consequences of not banding their homes together with love. Oh, if husbands today could only see how they're breaking apart their homes by not loving their wives. Oh, if Jacob If Jacob could only see how he is breaking his house apart in the very beginning by not loving his wife, he's breaking his house apart by not loving his wife. And that break is going to result in his firstborn son, Reuben, growing up to rape one of Jacob's wives. His second and thirdborn son, Simeon and Levi, growing up, to in cruelty murder a whole city of Shechem. His fourth-born son Judah growing up to be with prostitutes. And so what we learn about God from verse one is that God sees, God cares, God works, and God always works to bring men to repentance, as it says in Romans 2, 4, or despises thou the riches of goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It was the goodness of God to open Leah's womb, to try to lead Jacob to repentance and stop with the hatred of Leah and love her. And so what we see in the family of Jacob is God's grace, grace, grace. The things I mentioned just a minute ago, you know, about the, all the horrible things that happened at his home, and yet God says, that's the family I'm gonna bless the world with. I've decided to do that. What's that? God's grace, There was so much iniquity in Jacob's house. God had a list of all that. We just sung about that in uh, the breaking of bread. All my sins, God knew them. All Jacob's sins, God knew them. God had a list of all the iniquity in Jacob's house. And God has a list of everyone's iniquity. But there are two ways that God can make this list or keep this list. And those two ways in which he can keep this list of iniquity are described for us in Psalm 130, verses 3 through 4. In Psalm 130, 3 through 4, we have two ways in which God can keep a list of iniquity. He says, here's the first way. If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? That's way number one. But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. That's way number two. See, if thou, Lord, Psalm 130, verse three, if thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquity, who shall stand? But there's forgiveness that thou mayest be feared. One way would be for God to keep that list as described in Psalm 130, verse three, if thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquity. That's a very important word. It's a very significant Hebrew word throughout Scripture. That word mark is a very important word. It's the word shamar. Shamar is used to graphically give us the, uh, the the illustration of its meaning in Isaiah sixty two six through seven. In Isaiah sixty two six through seven, God said, "I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give him no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth." God says, "I have set." Shamar, watchman, upon thy walls, O Jerusalem. These are God's Shamar prayer watchmen on the walls that God has set there to pray for Jerusalem. It's a high calling to be one of God's Shamar prayer warriors for Jerusalem. It's a high position to be set there by God on the walls of Jerusalem as one of God's Shamar watchmen. And what do God's Shamar watchmen do? God's Shamar watchmen never hold their peace day or night. These are the Shamar watchmen that are not silent. These are the Shamar watchmen that give God no rest. These are the Shamar watchmen who are watching Jerusalem. They're watching the Jewish people. They clearly see that Jerusalem and the Jewish people are not a praise in the earth. And these Shamar watchmen see how Jerusalem and the Jewish people continue to receive not Jesus as the as God and Savior. And as God's shamar watchmen, they see this, and when they see this, they are deeply concerned. They are deeply troubled. They are deeply worried. They are deeply distressed. They are deeply anxious. And all of that concern and worry and distress and anxiety over Jerusalem and the Jewish people drive them into an unceasing prayer to God to save the Jewish people, make them praise Jehovah Jesus and to be a praise in the earth. But what we see here is that Shamar is this constant calling out, like Abel's blood calling out from the earth. And should God, Shamar, each one of Jacob's and Jacob's family's iniquities and each one of our iniquities, then the result would be Psalm 130, verse verse 4. If thou, Lord, should shamar mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? If God took each one of our sins in our individual crime sheet and put next to it shamar, 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 call out, call out, call for judgment, that'd be one way. For God to have our list, to make each sin cry out this shamar, judge the sinner, judge the sinner. That's not the way God has the list of sins. Instead, God has the list of our sins in the way described in the next verse in Psalm 31, verse 4. But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be found. There is forgiveness. Each one of our sins on that list, God has written, forgive the forgiveness, very another very important Hebrew word, kafar, kafar, or cover. So by each one of those sins on our crime sheet, God has written kafar, cover, cover by the judgment that fell on the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. By each one of our sins on our individual crime sheet, God has written forgiven, kafar, covered by the Lord's crucifixion. There's one word that he's got, the kafar. Now, that's, that's the word that's found in Ezekiel 16, verses 62, 63. Ezekiel 16, 62. And I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, that thou mayest remember. Didn't we just have remembered service? Yes, we did. I just remembered. <laughs> that thou mayest remember and be confounded and never open thy mouth anymore because of thy shame when I am pacified toward thee for all that thou hast done, saith the Lord. That's a great English word, pacified, pac, you know, in the Latin, peace. In other words, to calm the anger, to restore the peace. We have restored peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's been pacified, and that's the Hebrew word, kafar, which means to cover. It's translated atonement. Yom Kippur is Yom Kafar, the day of covering. And God wants to kafar, He wants to cover each person's sins by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all that's needed, it's amazing. We just sung in the hymn there that when we believe, that we receive, all that's needed is to believe. All that's needed is Jeremiah 3:12 to 13. Jeremiah 3:12 to 13. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return. Thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause my anger to fall upon you. For I am merciful, saith the Lord. I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge thine iniquity. How easy is that? <laughs> Just look in the mirror. Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God, hast scattered thy ways to strangers under every green tree, and ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Only acknowledge only acknowledge thine iniquity, only acknowledge your disobedience and receive God's sacrifice the Lord Jesus Christ who died for all those sins and and disobedience. That's why verse 31 is so important for us to see that God sees iniquity, God cares about the consequences of iniquity and God works to lead to repentance so that the blood of Jesus Christ can forgive that iniquity. Now, when we read in verse 32, Leah's words Sure, the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, will my husband love me. When Leah said, now, therefore, my husband will love me, we really feel for Leah because the reality is, and we know, he never loved her. He never loved her. He never would love her. He never loved Leah. But she loves, but she's yearning for this. She says, now, therefore, my husband will love me. This is really, this hurts it hurts deep in the soul. It's a tsuros, um, a heart hurt. It's a heart hurt. And we feel this when we read this. But something wonderful happened in Leah because Leah learned that someone else loved her. She learned that God loved Leah. And Leah's husband never loved her, but God loved Leah. And Leah's father didn't love Leah, but God loved Leah. And Leah's sister did not love Leah, but God loved Leah. See, Leah learned that Jacob hated her, and that was painful, and she learned that Jacob would never love her, and she learned that nothing she could do could ever make Jacob love her. Look, I had three sons. You love me now? No, he says, no. So you could have a world of sons. I will never love you, was Jacob's position, but what she learned was that she could never be separated from the love of God. As it says in Romans 8, 8, 38 and 39, for I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, including Jacob who didn't love her, (laughs) shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a verse. Those are those two words It starts off, you know what the first two words start off with? Neither death. You know what that tells us? When it comes time to die, we shouldn't be afraid because neither death heads the list. Neither death shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, one Christian who lived his life for himself and not for God, when he knew he was gonna die, he was upset and his brother came to him and said, why are you afraid to die? You've received the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior and death can't separate you from the love of God. And his brother returned back and said, I'm not afraid to die. I'm ashamed to die. So by each one of our sins provided the Lamb of God, God is anxious to be able to remember them no more. As it says in Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. See, for each one of our sins, God's anxious. He's actually anxious to blot them out. And to remember him no more. He's done so much. It's all paid for. But for us, when we think about the love of God, there's just one event that convinces us about the love of God and it settles it all. And that event is described in Romans 5 8. Romans 5 8. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the event. The death of Christ is the event that convinces us of the love of God. It settles all the doubts that we might have about the love of God. So in verse 32, when Leah said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. And then in verse 33, Leah says, The Lord hath heard that I was hated See, in these two verses, when Leah says, my affliction and I was hated, she's expressing something that everyone who comes to know the love of God feels. See, Leah, by seeing that my affliction and I was hated, she was so moved over how God looked on her individual affliction and how she was individually hated that Leah was impressed with God's individual and personal love for her to the extent that Leah felt that God loved her as if she was the only one in the world that God loved. And that's what happens when a person comes to know the love of God. He, like Leah, is so moved over how God looks on his own individual problem and is so impressed with how God's individual and personal love is for him to the extent that he feels that God loved him as if he's the only one in the world that God loved. Now, we see in verse 34, she conceived again, bare a son. Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I've borne him three sons, therefore his name called Levi. So, Mazal Tov Leah, you have a third son. you are all happy. And she's happy. She's happy to have three sons. But you see, in verse 34, Leah still has this broken, this yearning heart. She says, Now, this time. You know, I like you can hear her saying, isn't it enough? I've gone through three deliveries, three labors. I've given him three sons. Yeah, I love the children, but I really want my husband to love me. I want him to be joined to me. Now, this time will my husband be joined unto me because I've borne him three sons? So Leah says this. We just feel this pain intensifying in her. It's becoming harder and harder for Leah to hold up under this persistent hatred of Jacob and now at the birth of her third son here, Leah's broken heart is just breaking out with this. Now my husband will be joined unto me. My husband will be joined unto me. She's yearning for Jacob to just stay in the room when she's there and just want to be with her. I mean, when Leah says my husband will be joined unto me, Leah's yearning for just if I could just feel his hand just squeeze my hand. Leah is saying, my husband, my husband, join joined unto me. She's yearning for to hear Jacob just say and be happy to say, my wife, Leah, and feel his embrace.
0: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.com. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Do you have a heart for Israel and lost Jewish people in America? Then come work in Southern California as a full-time or volunteer missionary working with Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries, reaching lost Jewish people with their Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ hourly wage, 401k, health insurance, company car and phone, and other amazing benefits. Call us, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, israelrestoration.org.